Jersey is the world. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to another episode of New Jersey's the world. As always, I'm honored, I'm flattered, I'm, I'm lucky to be your host for this podcast where we discuss New Jersey culture and nostalgia and politics and food and ridiculousness and businesses and everything in between and anything else you can imagine, including sometimes... Including sometimes um, you know, artificial intelligence robots generating stories about New Jersey celebrities doing diarrhea in weird places. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you probably should sign up at patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world, because that's where things get really crazy sometimes. want to tell you a couple things before we start. I rarely do any plugs uh, in the intros for New Jersey is the world, but you, you may have seen me post it if you follow me on social that I'm recording my new special March 31st, April 1st, and April 2nd in New York City at the Mineta Lane Theater. Tickets are at my website, but that's not what I'm plugging. That would not be appropriate on New Jersey is the World, even though I just slipped it in. This Friday, March 10th, you may remember a few weeks back, we interviewed Michelle from Cat's Luck Vegan in Neptune City, who is just about the coolest person in New Jersey these days. And we were talking about Cat's Luck and everything she's doing at her bakery slash restaurant and they host shows there. I said, hey, when are we going to do a show? And we're doing it Friday, March 10th, 7 p.m., 10 bucks at the door. No reservations, so get there early. It's going to be one of the final warm-up shows I do before I tape my special in Manhattan in a few weeks. So come on out. Grab yourself some, some food from Cat's Luck. Come early. And then come enjoy a show. And the great Allie May, one of the great young comedians of New Jersey, will be opening up that show. This week's show... I'm very excited for you to hear it. We talk a lot about who, who are the most Jersey people. And that's a very popular conversation topic in our state, right? Because there's these qualities that are sort of hard to encapsulate in words in a simple way that really sum up what being a Jersey person is. Like right now, this week, I think a lot of us are looking at that video of John Stewart where he put out the thing and he really nailed the gun rights guy. I think a lot of people are watching that all over the world going, that's awesome. And I think Jersey people look at him and go... Very Jersey. That's our guy. It's one of our guys. Really Jersey right there. Can we say why? I don't know. It's not easy to encapsulate why, but we all know there's some Jersey spirit, some Jersey grit that's involved in that. But you know what we haven't discussed? Who are the least Jersey Jersey people? Who are the people born and raised in this state, known for being from this state, who demonstrate the least of those hard to explain qualities? And this week, we discuss that. You'll hear what it was inspired by. You'll hear our choices. And most importantly, I want to hear your choices, I, whether it's on Twitter or in the comment section over at patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world. I am sure we missed tons of people, even though we had some really good choices. For example, right away, I want to give a shout out. Andrea Quinn, who's not just the host of South Jersey is also the world on the Patreon, but who's a member of our production team. When she was working on this episode, she immediately offered up one of the best contributions that we missed. She said, Blues Traveler is somehow the least Jersey band in the world while simultaneously being the most Princeton band in the world, which I thought was a brilliant thing to say. And to people who are not from this state, it might not make any sense. To people who are from this state, it makes the most sense. So anyway, I can't wait to hear what everybody else comes up with and throws at us. Maybe Jay Insult will write another 10,000 word essay about this one, which I would genuinely love because I'm a very big fan of yours Jay Insult and you know that 
Anyway, maybe I'll see some of you guys down at Cat's Luck on Friday. In the meantime, enjoy this episode. I am recording. I'm hitting recording and it looks like the numbers are going. We're good. All right. Hi, everybody. Chris Gathard here. Welcome to New Jersey is the world. It's been a long time since we've assembled the Woe Town gang. We've had a lot of great interviews lately and we've been leaning on them. And I'm proud of all of them, but it's time to get back to the old school heart of this show, which is a bunch of goons who grew up in West Orange together, talking about growing up in West Orange and Jersey in general. Mike D, how you doing this evening? I'm good. Happy Fast Knock Day to all my fellow Wastelanders. I, I'm not even going to ask. Not even going to ask. The, the old Wasteland? The, the continuation of it. The continuation of the old Wasteland. So... I'm happy to Ooh. wish everyone a happy video game holiday. Beautiful. Nikki Bonaduce, you've been out there in this ice cold sleet building the infrastructure of this great state. <laughs> I shouldn't be complaining, but I think I'm getting soft in my older age. And uh, what are you going to do? It's Tuesday. Tuesday is always a rough day, but we always manage through it. And I'm excited to be here with you guys. Today, we're getting back to the old school Wotown style. <laughs> I've come up with a topic. It's simple. It's inspired by someone real. Oh, real old school. Nick is now holding up his Chester's Puff you want, Corn. You know a real Nick old Bonaduce school? eating on like crinkling that bag, crinkling. It's now gone from annoying to like a fan favorite. And Puffy Cheetos, a Puffy Cheetos product is a bold one. Those are soft. If I take them out of the bag, you won't even hear me. Like They dissolve in like the saliva in your mouth. Listen. My two get my two favorite ghetto go tos are munchos. I haven't had a muncho in a long time. Muncho is like an extra sodium laced potato chip, oh. basically, right? And every bag has one like super salty potato chip, and you put it in your mouth, and you instantly go like, oh, like they still make those goddamn things, huh? Yeah, they're fantastic. Just to sell those at the West Orange High lunchroom. These you buy those. Oh yeah. That and Funyuns, remember? Like eat Funyuns, then like. Oh yeah, I, I was never a Funyuns guy myself. Me neither. Not a Funyuns guy. I hate them, but like, you always knew like the greasy kid next to you, like after lunch, that stunk up like half the room, like Funyuns because they were sweating it out through their teenage pores. Absolutely. Ugh. My favorite was uh, Smart Food Cheddar Popcorn. That's good. It's a delicious snack, but I remember them, they sold it in the lunchroom, and no one else ever found this funny. But the bag, they would sell them in the lunchroom, and on the bag, it would say famous since 1993. And this was in like 1995. Like you can't be putting famous since on your bag, and it's a time I like distinctly remember because it was 18 months ago. You fucking weirdos. No, they were just way ahead of predicting the influencer economy that we currently live in. They were like the first fad fancy popcorn. They were just ahead of that. Love that shit. Love it. Anyway, uh, today's episode. It's an idea that came to me, and it came to me very organically because. Uh, I think you've probably picked up on this on the show. I'm a big basketball fan, uh, mostly college ball, following my beloved Seton Hall Pirates these days, but also a lifelong Knicks fan, even though my NBA fandom has waned. I know, Mike, you're a very big basketball fan as well. But on a dude, I don't think it's your go-to sport, but... Um, uh, what's funny is the past couple weekends when I go out, I, kind of like a hockey fan, I've started watching Devils again, and uh, my girlfriend's a Rangers fan, and... Uh, whatever, anybody who's going to play against the Flyers and beat them makes me happy. But I have inadvertently been watching basketball and a lot of college basketball, I guess, because it's you know, that time of year. So 
I've been kind of watching out of the corner of my eye. I love it, and I used to, like I said, I always loved playing it. Um, and I knew you're like you're a hardcore fan, so. But still, I enjoy the college level. It's so unpredictable. I don't know if anybody's been following, but Kyrie Irving. He's had a storied career. I mean, he won a championship with the Cleveland Cavaliers a few years ago, teaming up with LeBron James. He kind of forced his way into Brooklyn, and he's... I think Mike can help me explain. He's, just, I think just cockamamie is the word to describe his behavior. Just the things that come out of his mouth from saying, you know, that he convinced James Harden and Kevin Durant to join the team, and he said, we don't even need a coach. <laughs> Steve Nash was the coach at the time. He kind of undercut the coach. He was so nuts that James Harden demanded a trade almost immediately. Everybody, all the scuttlebutt was this is because he doesn't want to deal with Kyrie Irving anymore. I believe he's a flat earther. He, he said some flat earther stuff. No. He, he, yes. Oh, Jesus He missed a ton of games last year because he refused to get vaccinated, which, um, you know, the laws in New York were that if you weren't vaccinated, you couldn't play. You couldn't go report to your job. And he just chose not to. So he missed. Half the games really disrupted the season. Now, look, I am very pro-vaccine. I'm vaccinated. My wife, my son, my whole family, there are people who aren't. But there's somebody who said for, if you're going to take a stand and you're getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> and you're just going to opt out of half the games, it, it becomes questionable, especially with the flat earth stuff. And then this past year, he tweeted out some stuff promoting a documentary and the documentary was filled with a bunch of anti-Semitic conspiracy theory kind of cockamamie stuff. And he got nailed for that, suspended for that. And then after all that, after all that, he then forces his way off the Knicks after he had already done the same thing with the Celtics or off the Nets rather. So he had already forced his way out of the Celtics after saying, I want to, I want to retire a Boston Celtic. And then like a week later, he demands a trade with the Nets. He's kind of the guy who's, organizing the team and pulling strings and getting coaches fired. And then he demands another trade. I go to come in, cause this much trouble, this much controversy. Agitator. He's an agitator. An agitator. And then not fulfill your contractual obligations. I, a thought popped into my head. Cause we all know Kyrie Irving is, he was raised in West orange. He grew up up near St. Cloud school. Enough said. <laughs> and when I listen, we could get into all the dynamics there. But as soon as as soon as that trade went through, this thought popped into my head. I go, Kyrie Irving has to be the least Jersey Jersey person there's ever been. Really? And then I realized, I wonder if that's true. But that phrase came out of nowhere, the least Jersey Jersey person. So today, hmm. inspired by the antics and shenanigans of NBA superstar Kyrie Irving, Oof. we're going to explore... Who are the candidates for least Jersey Jersey person? So I've asked Mike and Nick to each pick one person they'd like to nominate as the least Jersey Jersey person. We'll explore this idea together tonight. And I'm sure everybody listening will want to leave their comments over at patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world. Let us know who they think is the least Jersey Jersey person of all time. So thoughts entering this. Nick, I know you were saying beforehand you felt like there were a lot of different directions you could have gone with this. Yeah, because it's weird like to... First of all, okay, um, the most on like, okay, what defines Jersey, right? So if you look at like bad New Jerseyans or something like that, most people would consider like, you know, gangsters or, um, you know, crooked politicians or whatever as like bad New Jerseyans that or aren't very like a New Jerseyan. But all those traits kind of terribly, maybe not just here, you know, apply to, you know, mobsters and 
bad politicians. So that's kind of very Jersey esque. So I guess they kind of are Jersey, right. but being a bad person doesn't mean you're not Jersey. You might be really Jersey, or maybe it's just somebody with like you know high moral standard that I don't know tells everybody they're from fucking Pennsylvania. I don't know. When you first brought up the topic, Chris, and you brought up Kyrie Irving, who I have extremely strong feelings about, both because I have worked with him and also my, my, uh, until, until several months ago, I was a diehard Nets fan my entire life. Um, but I think what grabbed me specifically was there are certain traits that Jersey people have. And one trait that no one who is a real Jersey person have is you will never let your crew out to dry. You will never abandon your people. Jersey people stick by their crew, whether they're right or wrong. Right. And like Nick, your favorite catchphrase, which I think illustrates this perfectly is, Hey, that doesn't make him a bad guy. Like people in New Jersey will stick by there are other Jersey people. And I think Kyrie Irving to me specifically is not Jersey because he just let the entire team and all his people down for his own selfish reasons. So that was how I read it, that there are, that's just one of a number of very Jersey traits that people here have. Whereas Kyrie Irving does not have that trait. I would put this out here about Kyrie as well. He's kind of the inverse of a Jersey person in that he is a supremely talented person, but he uses that talent as an excuse to pull shenanigans as far as his obligations, right? And I almost feel like my favorite thing about a lot of my favorite Jersey people is the opposite, is that maybe they're not the most talented person in the world, but their diehard attitude and their dedication to their path in life and their ethics allows them to supersede that talent. Like I've rambled so much on this show about how much I love the boxer Arturo Gatti. Arturo Gatti was a very, very talented boxer, but he was way too willing to be a brawler. He wanted to get in there and just start throwing shots. Sometimes that meant he lost fights he shouldn't have, but that crowd was always really entertained. And because of that, his career went farther than anyone thought. Like his level of talent wasn't the absolute top tier. But his dedication to going down swinging meant that he superseded his level of talent. That, to me, is extraordinarily Jersey. Someone who is a world-class talent who then says, let me start pulling the strings on how these contracts are going to go or which player is going to play when or who the coach is going to be. It's the inverse of a lot of what I love about Jersey. It's the opposite. Or you take someone like Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise had everything stacked against him, I would say, to becoming an actor and a comedian. Yet, he is one, you know, was one of the funniest people, made some of the most bizarre and incredible films that you can imagine. So I think that is what it is. It's sort of the parabola of talent versus not talent mixed with how hard you are willing to work and put yourself out there, right? And I think the Jersey people are the the Dom DeLuise's of the world who've had to really sort of push their way out there. Definitely. I, I, it's funny you said that because just recently it was, there's this person who is very talented, probably one of the most qualified people, but because they are so fucking incredibly difficult, they had a guy that wasn't supposed to be on the job, but he was available and he wasn't the smartest fucking guy, but 
He busted his ass. Always showed up on time. If he had any problems, he asked questions. So I'll help somebody out and like take away from my work. But if you're dealing with constant like agitation and like, listen, you're supposed to be a team player. You know what I mean? And in Jersey, it's like, that's it. What else do you have? Everybody else hates you. I think we're starting to get these parameters of how we're thinking about this. I mean, we, if we've said it once on this show, we've said it a thousand times. Hmm. Don't be a Kyrie Irving. Be a Dom DeLuise. And I think we're starting to get to what cuts deep about Jersey people, why we feel such an affinity for them. Is there anybody who wants to nominate someone as the least Jersey Jersey person of all time? I know who mine is, but I don't. if anybody else wants to go first, say the word. Hmm. I have several. Because I can't help okay. myself, but of course, I'll, I'll, you are Mike T. I'll, I'll, mine's probably the mine's the least thought out. But Go can I it. just uh, to Dom DeLuise, Captain Chaos? Oh my God, I love and Fatso, groundbreaking fucking movies. Listen, Nick, if yours is the least thought out, let's start with that because mine is actually no. mine's actually okay, very that's researched. What I'm saying. So well, mine's you know, good. good. I'm sure. Okay, let's throw it against okay. the wall. Mine's research too, and it goes back to the one one of the things that really bothers me. And that's like, I can't stand a traitor. So it's actually a couple, but I'll narrow it down to one or the other. The Russian spies that lived in Montclair. Oh, wow. Established themselves, had kids here. This is a famous story. If there's any listeners going, wait, what? Uh, actually, the show The Americans, yeah. um, yes. there was a spy ring busted. And part of the spy ring was a family that lived in Montclair. And I, I believe that show, The Americans, which I loved that show, was inspired by the story of these suburbanite Russian spies. Uh, this is a great choice, Nick. Vladimir and Lydia Guriev. You've been talking about your hatred of communists since I met you in 1993. Yeah, and this doesn't even... Like, listen, I hate American traitors, too. And, like, especially with, like, you know, you can look at things in current political situation. A traitor's a traitor. Plus, they're living amongst you. Yeah, they were... And they were sleepers. So there's, like, whatever industry they're in, they're facilitating deceit. They have no interest to, like, you know, be a good citizen. All they need to do is get the one phone call. Banana. Banana stand, Afghanistan. That's it. Next thing you know. Your your friendly neighborhood neighbors in Montclair, Cynthia and Richard Murphy, were actually Vladimir and Lydia Guriev. Was that that's the names? Yeah, yeah and yes. have like extensive training and like all kinds of terrible things. You're just down here. They were so committed they got married and had kids there and like yep. were actively involved in and the community. And now you're just here trying to buy the newest copy of Weird New Jersey down at the Montclair Book Center. And you got communist spies running amok up and down Bloomfield Ave. I love that. I love that choice, Nick. Think about the psyche, though. I mean, that's pretty psycho. Like, you're... Oh, yeah. Basically a fully functional sociopath, I guess, at that point. I wonder how they felt about New Jersey. Oh, yeah. And, and what happened to them? Did they get arrested or deported or... I think they got prisoner swapped. I think Russians like Jersey. I'd have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure they got prisoner swapped for somebody. There's some guy, some couple from Roseland that we made, and they had to go live in St. Petersburg. <laughs> we swapped them. They got to come back. There's something I have to tell you guys. No, Nikki Bonaduce, never, never. This is a great choice. What a what a great choice out of the gate. That's a great for one. the least Jersey Jersey people of all time. How's that for not being prepared, baby? And Montclair family enmeshing themselves in the notorious world of close knit Montclair parenthood, who turn out to be actual Russian spies. That is 
right on the nose. He hit a home run right out of the gate, Nicky Bonaduce. Funny side story related to this. I thought I was going to get pulled over because I was in the car driving back from work, and that was the only time I had the research. So I'm yelling out to Siri in the car, and it probably looked like I was a madman at one point, and I looked to the right, and there's like a state trooper, and I'm like, I'm like, bad New Jersey people, <laughs> like just yelling it at like the thing. And I'm like, bah, 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 bah. and I was like, oh my God, like, so that was, that started the uh, wormhole. Beautiful. That's a crazy story too. And I guess they're, uh, yeah, their children are allowed to come back and live in the U.S. because they're U.S. citizens. They were born here. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Have they done so? Do we know? I'm not sure. Yeah. But I do know they are. They do have that option to come return to New Jersey. Think about it. Like, what do they know about living in Russia? You know, they did. They I can't remember if they knew that their parents were spies or not. Because you can't tell you can't tell your kids. Right. Well, here's my question for you, Nikki Bonaduce. Yeah. Because everybody knows you love to get a conversation going wherever you are. Let's say you're at one of the local watering holes you like to frequent, or maybe you're grabbing some food at a counter takeaway place. And by some stroke of luck, by some miracle, some that you found out that the person sitting two seats down at that bar was one of these kids of the Russian spies. My big question is, do you hold it against the kids? Or have you met these people? No, not, absolutely not. You'd, you'd buy them a drink. You'd want to hear the story. I'd be more interested in like uh, having a conversation with them. And listen, they didn't choose, you know what I mean? Like, no, they didn't choose to be what they were like. They, you know, who knows? You know what I mean? Listen. Oh, by the way, I met somebody who was a teacher at Essex Catholic for five years, uh, just uh, last night eating, um, oh, the best shepherd's pie ever. Met a lot of interesting people yesterday. And uh, did you ask them about Jug? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And they knew about it, right? Oh, he knew all about it. Yeah. Damn. Justice under God, baby. Yeah. It was really cool. I was like, that's so funny. And I brought up all the names. They're like, oh, yeah. Mike D, would you like to nominate someone as the least Jersey person of all time? I would like to nominate as the least Jersey, New Jersey person, Patty Smith. Wow. You fucking hate Patty Smith. I do. Wow. Everybody knows that, Mike D, sometimes you will have an opinion. You will draw firm lines. And other people go, What? And this is one of them. Okay, why Patty Smith? No, I'm going to leave out my... Will we finally get the explanation? Yeah, I, I, I've said this before, and I'm not going to go into this, but I do have per, very firsthand personal reasons oh, come on. why I dislike Patty Smith. But No. <laughs> keeping in the spirit of the show. Um, so, Patty Smith is the poster child for shitting on art in New Jersey and saying you have to abandon New Jersey and move to New York City to be an artist. And, you know, I've looked... Which is no longer relevant at all. It, no, and it never was. We've always been able to make our own art and have every kind of scene here, like visual art, music. Oh, yeah. But, you know, like when, when you know, she wrote that, that, that silly book, about her and Richard Maplethorpe. And, you know, it's like, there weren't any galleries or museums or cafes or anything. So we really had to like come through to culture through music. And it's like, that's not, not really true. And then, you know, she's also said like, I knew I needed to leave New Jersey to develop as an artist. You know, these are things that she's actually said. So I think she might actually be the kernel of this stereotype that you need to leave New Jersey to be an artist which to me makes her the least wow. Jersey, New Jersey person imaginable. Wow. 
That's like worse than the New Yorkers that come from somewhere else and then they live in New York for five years and they're like, I'm the most New York person ever. But if you're from Jersey and and you're living in New York and you denounce like New Jersey, it's even like more of a sin. Does that make sense? It's true. No, it does. Now, Mike D, I'm finding a, uh, there was an Asbury Park Press article from 2022, September 8th. She played the Count Basie. So they had a, you know, traditional. Your Patty favorite Smith. town, Mike D, your favorite town. Oh, Red your Bank. favorite person in your favorite town. Of course, she's in Red Bank. Um, but there's a lot of quotes of her saying, I love New Jersey. I've never played at the Count Basie and it's uh, so beautiful. It's so well known. It's Providence is so wonderful. Just using the word Providence, not very Jersey, but we're all excited because most of us are Jersey people. There's other quotes too. Ugh. Do people not understand uh, logic? Oh, I've been an artist for 50 years and I love New Jersey, but I don't play here. Come on. Put your money where your mouth is, Patty Smith. She says, Takes I you feel 50 years to play the Count Basie. Wasn't she playing it? She right? says, I feel very attached to Camden. And of course, when we play there, I'll get to visit Walt Whitman's grave and then we'll all pile up in a car and come to the Count Basie. So I'm really happy about all that. Okay, Jack Kerouac, thanks. What a fucking hand job. <laughs> wow. Oh, How Lord. is she really attached to Camden? People of Camden, please, if I'm missing something, uh, when, when Patty Smith has been at Donkey's getting a cheesesteak or doing something to, has actually stepped foot in Camden in the last 40 years, please like uh, inform me. She said, I think of Jersey as a time where I grew and I learned to love the land, but also where I learned to dance. Oh, well, hey, listen. You might be onto something, Mike D. I think I am onto something here. Maybe she had like a New Jersey rebirth since like New Jersey's like cool again. She's like, oh yeah, I'm from Jersey. I mean, wow. She she made her whole career, you know, being like New York. I am New York semi punk, you know, downtown CBGBs thing. And so I don't I don't think you know I think she is the. She doesn't strike me as a Jersey artist. Now, I will say a few episodes back, the, the fans were were chattering because you had a scathing indictment of Tom Waits at one point. Yes. Kind of offhandedly mentioned, and a lot of people were asking about it. But it seems like there's a certain type of soulful... Is that because of his acting Well, there's like a certain type of soulful storytelling, punk-adjacent... What did he really do? ...artist that Mike D really, you do not... There's a certain type that you don't like. I'll I'll differentiate, which is I do not like Tom Waits' music. I I don't understand it, but I have no personal bitterness in any way towards Tom Waits. I'm sure he is a great person. Like I'm happy that he's made a career. Patty Smith, I have a direct personal from personal experience dislike for. Backpedal, backpedal. I am so intrigued. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna beg you to say it, but I'm so intrigued as to what that could mean. You've mentioned it twice now. I will t- tell you. Come out Friday night, and we'll get it out of them. Yeah, but I just think she is not. She's not Jersey. Like okay, okay. The least Jersey person of all time. Uh, I guess I'll throw out my choice, and then we'll see where we're at time wise, and maybe we have time to uh, brainstorm some others or figure out how this episode's going to end. Are you? Have you guys ever heard? Of a guy named Henry H. Goddard. Does this ring any bells? Well, I know the Goddards from, oh, not the Goddard school. The Rocket guy? No. Rocket man. No, that's Elton John, Nick. No idea, then. I know. Just Just a chance to yell it out. 
You guys make me so happy after being miserable all day. I can't contain myself, really. I'm dead serious. Henry H. Goddard is one of the biggest pieces of shit ever. He's one of the biggest yes. pieces of shit ever. Tirade. And uh, a lot of his impact. He was not born in Jersey. He was born in Maine. But a lot of his career took place in Jersey, specifically in Vineland, New Jersey, at a place known as the Vineland Training School. This place is still around in some form today. But this motherfucker did some damage that when I tell you guys the level to which this guy is maybe solely responsible for like four or five different tracks of fucked up aspects of how people got treated in the 20th century, you're going to be like, holy shit. I've never liked this dude since the day I learned about him. And it, it will be a pleasure to walk you through some of the history of this guy to pin him to the wall. Uh, so the Vineland Training School at the time, so he, he was the director of research there from 1906 to 1918. And its full name back then was the Vineland Training School for Feeble-Minded Girls and Boys in Vineland, New Jersey. Ah, yes. Um, so he was in charge of a home for people who today we might say have developmental disabilities or intellectual, intellectual. limitations. However we might phrase it today, you can see. Yeah, for This fucking guy basically took it upon himself to publish a bunch of opinions that were so out of whack that even he later said, I don't stand by these. I want to disavow these. This fucking guy, he, um, where do I want to start? He is the first person to translate the uh, intelligence test into English in 1908. He distributed an estimated 22,000 copies of the IQ test across the United States. He is the individual who... What was it in before that? It was, I think, in French. Was it? So he is the individual... The Stanford Binet? Yeah, the Binet test. Okay. Okay. He is the individual who made moron a clinical term. So when someone could be classified a moron, there was this whole standard of, um, of people's IQ. A moron was someone with an IQ of 51 to 70, an imbecile for someone 26 to 50, and an idiot for those 0 to 25. Yeah, but this, they all had certain traits. To, like, but dude, this, even you saying that... Before that... Like, I'm, let me no, tell I'm you. Saying, let me tell you. Yeah. I know they're terrible, but like, think about all the terms to yeah. history. This is the first attempt to classify you, the reason a difficult the population. Reason we walked away from these classifications, and the reason we were wrong is because of this fucking asshole. So the big thing he did. Yeah, I'm not saying they're not they're not terrible and wrong. Absolutely. Sorry. The big thing he did was he published a study in 1912 called the Kalakak Family, a study in the heredity of feeble mindedness. So this was the story about this guy named Kalakak, who many, many years prior, what he claimed was that there was this dude named Kalakak, and Kalakak was an upstanding citizen, and he had his family, and that family was all quote-unquote normal, and his wife was of you know, an average or acceptable intelligence by the IQ standards and that all the offspring from that line of the family were productive members of society. And then he also said that this guy Kalakak stepped out and at some point had an affair or a pre-marriage fling with a feeble-minded woman and that 
all of the offspring of that line were basically like fucked up degenerates that were scourge upon society from that point moving forward. And this was held up. This is a big reason that eugenics caught on in the United States. If you know anything about eugenics in the area, uh, in the era, 1910s, 1920s, 1930s, you know who embraced eugenics more than anybody was the Nazis. This idea that you would get people in mental hospitals who had forced fucking lobotomies this idea that people uh, would be forced sterilization, so much of it goes back to this one fucking asshole who made up this shit back in Vineland. I mean, people getting fucking neutered like stray cats, man. People getting spayed against their will. This fucking guy, um, he basically did a study where he started studying immigrants on their way into Ellis Island you can look it up, started certifying, oh, 45% of all Italians are morons. Uh, 60% of all Hungarians are imbeciles. People who spent every fucking penny they had trying to get to the United States, he was arbitrarily matching their ethnic background to their intelligence level and sending them home and wrecking people's dreams. This fucking guy did... By design, uh, you know. Come on, you know better and than dude, anything And else. the Nazis on, took this eugenics idea and they ran with it and it's the fucking Holocaust. And they used it to justify everything that they had to say about Jewish people. And so much of it goes back to this one fucking maniac that was operating out of Vineland, Henry H. Goddard. I think that guy's a fucking sellout. He's an asshole and it's the least Jersey shit you could ever do. Definitely terrible. He's not, he's very not Jersey. That's pretty deep down. He's very not Jersey because New Jersey is a place where telling other people they can't do something is not what we do. You're always going to let people, you're always going to encourage people to do something here. So telling people that they are somehow limited and can't do something, that is a very un-Jersey trait to have. This fucking guy, I mean, the most diverse state, man, just this crossroads where everybody comes together. And then this one fucking guy down in Vineland basically invents a system that says, hey, first of all, any immigrant group that you want to label as bad, we can do it through manipulating an intelligence test. And also, maybe we should just sterilize anybody born with chromosomes that aren't uh, 100% Ontario. Maybe we should just force sterilize them. That's some dark shit, man. That is. That's some dark shit. Yeah, but you know what? Him like, and Kyrie Irving. One of them listen, is the least Jersey Jersey person of all time. I can't decide. That's way worse. But... I feel like that's an idea in our current like environment that if it's, it isn't made aware of like, you know, institutions were terrible, blah, blah, blah. There were advancements from all these techniques that were being used at the time for better or worse. Um, but don't think that for a second somebody couldn't say, okay, all of a sudden now, you know, because of this, that or the other thing, like, you're still get your IQ in elementary school, right? That information's all cataloged. If the wrong person got into power here, they would do the same things on a national level. And like that kind of thing is very appealing to some disturbed people. But definitely bad New Jersey. That's just my rant. You really cut that fucking out, bad, man. This guy too, if I remember right, the Calicac family is 
like the 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 one that were supposed to be like the fucked up branch of the family they were all pineys and a, a lot of the stereotypes against the piney people were kind of nailed down and highlighted by this idea of the Calicac family as well this guy even in a jersey even just localized to jersey yeah well yeah he made the he, he made the people the proud people of the pine barons i think you've suffered a label for decades i think you've discovered chris the the ultimate historical root of the North Jersey, South Jersey feud. You may have actually discovered, uncovered this in the historical record. This makes South Jersey worse. I mean, it's it certainly, uh, it, it certainly can't and help. cops who steal bicycles, which isn't far from Sir, Oh, yeah, those cops stealing bicycles, that's right. Uh, but yeah, rural South Jersey took a real hit because of this guy. Because he basically said... There's all these like fucking quote unquote mongrel people roaming the woods in the Pine Barrens. And uh, they were like, you know, mentally ill, but like very driven. And, you know, they had a lot of support. They had a lot of support to like continue these studies and have an un, unlimited pool of people to like torture and in institutions. You this know? guy basically, here's the story, right? So Martin Kalakak, he married a Quaker woman. She bore him seven children who were worthy, upright citizens. From those seven children came hundreds of the highest types of human beings. On the other side, he had a dalliance with a feeble-minded tavern girl. She bore a son known as Old Horror. <laughs> Old Horror had ten children. And from Old Horror's ten children came hundreds of the lowest types of human beings. Ah, oh, the source... Martin Kalakak. And it was all made up, man. That's some HP Lovecraft stuff going on. Ooh. Ooh, man. If you write a book that later the Nazis cite as part of their justification for the Holocaust, you can get the fuck out of Jersey, man. Man. Get the fuck out of Jersey with that shit. What about Edison? Edison's like way better now. Ooh, we got to talk about Edison. This is a good one. I wasn't sure if anyone was going to bring up the electrocuted elephant in the room, man. I'm afraid one day I'm going to turn on... New Jersey 12 news and I'm going to get like see Chris in West Orange like me proudly proudly watching like the light bulb come down like when you're on Main Street because I have very mixed feelings about I Edison, know man dude. like listen, look, we're West Orange yeah guys. everybody exactly. knows that this you're in West Orange like they were disturbed they're disturbed when we grew up they're disturbed now they were even more disturbed listen, back then Edison's so tough because it's now pretty universally agreed upon that he used to steal a lot of credit from people who worked under him that he was doing underhanded stuff to, you know, his war with George Westinghouse. He was using all sorts of underhanded tactics that were putting people's lives on the line because he wanted direct current and Westinghouse had alternating current, all this stuff. Sounds like he was a psychopath. At the same time, I also sit here, I go, man, I've often argued, I go, who's had more impact on the modern world than Edison. I mean, maybe Gutenberg inventing the printing press. Every time you see something with printed light or recorded sound or motion, it goes back to shit Edison had his fingerprints on. Think about that. Every time you turn on a computer screen, every time you watch a movie, every time you turn on a light switch, every time you hear something recorded, that all goes back to one fucking guy who was operating out of the fucking down-the-hill neighborhood in West Orange, New Jersey. Like, I'm proud of that. Do you think, yeah, do you think, like, what do you, or what do you think, like, Elon Musk's, like, uh, like, 
What's his thought about Edison like? He's trying to be an Edison. He's trying to be Edison, but he can't get shit done, man. Do you think like he looks at him as an innovator or like? Well, dude, the question is like, how much of Edison was P.T. Barnum? You know, like how much of it was him just stealing ideas left and right and filing patents to undercut other people's ideas before they could get the paperwork done? How much of it was the showmanship and how much of it is that our modern world was truly crafted by one guy who literally, my mom grew up on a block where her house was knocked down because his factories expanded. Like, it's wild. It's wild to think about, man. The modern world and the way we live comes back to down the hill West Orange. So I'm proud of that. But I think the more distance you get from the guy, the more people are like, no, he might have just been a huge piece of shit. But I'm not going to be the one to take him down because I do have a lot of pride. I just saw them. uh... Mike D, Mike D, you must have some thoughts on this. I mean, the thing, right, the reality of situations when you have an Edison or an Elon Musk, and for the record, I think every time you say the name Elon Musk, you should precede it by saying the world's richest man because I think that adds a lot of context whenever you say his name, because people kind of make him out to be this folk hero where where he's not. But the thing about those types of world-changing innovations is they exist in a system of capitalism, and a system of capitalism requires things to be steamrolled. I don't personally agree with that, but that is the reality to get things done. And unless you're unless Edison's an asshole, things are not going to get done. There is no nice version of innovation because by nature, mass innovation requires destroying old orders that people are comfortable in. I mean, that's right. That's you, you can't be the nice Thomas Edison. There's not a version of that. That doesn't work. He doesn't. Did you ever see that you know? the PBS special when they were talking about Edison and the the how like they used to have these laboratories, not the ones in West Orange, but the ones in like Menlo Park, where there was like fifteen, twenty of the smartest motherfuckers, like in the lab all day long, like experimenting with every kind of like thing there was. And somebody has to be the leader, but like let you know, everything's are things are still like that now, you know? But at the time they were I don't know. I like I said, everybody does bad things. Like Mike said, that's just you know, capitalism and, you know. I also want to put this out here. Worst things happen now, for Christ's sakes. Jesus. I understand that they're both inventors. They're both uh, divisive figures. I understand why we're kind of holding Elon Musk up as maybe a modern analog of Edison. But I also want to say this. Elon Musk couldn't sniff Edison's fucking e- jock. Absolutely. Elon Musk doesn't get shit done. Edison got everything over the finish line. Now, were other people doing 90% of the work before he took it that final 10%? I don't know. That's the rumor on the streets these days. Elon Musk is digging tunnels saying he's going to build fucking super underground trains so you can get to, from LA to San Francisco in 20 minutes and he just wastes a bunch of money digging a fucking hole, man. SpaceX, I mean, he's helping out Ukraine and I like that, but I don't really know the effect. He's just going to send people to Mars. When's it going to happen, man? Edison said shit would happen and it got done. Edison comes up with the light bulb and then you got fucking neighborhood by neighborhood all over this goddamn state and eventually country and eventually world lit up dude edison invents the fucking record and all of a sudden 
modern music comes into being and there's entire industries that explode, dude. He invents the Black Mariah for the movie screen and then fucking Fort Lee, New Jersey is the early version of Hollywood. Like, Edison got everything done, man. That's very Jersey. Elon Musk, if he lived in Jersey, Elon Musk would be very un-Jersey because he's a guy who talks a lot of shit, but he's not a fucking finisher and we like finishers in this state, man. It's probably just insane at this point. Like, you have that much money, you're fucking insane. No, he's not like that guy, I had lunch next to him once, and he's like... Did he smell bad? No, I didn't. Was it in a space pod? Yeah, he was in a space... Yeah, it was actually on a space space station, actually, is where we had lunch. It was great. They had, like, great, uh, great hors d'oeuvres. I did. He, he's just a single-minded person who, you know what I mean? Like, he's he's an engineer, and he has, like, an engineer's mind about everything including the way humans treat each other, which is terrifying to other people whose brain doesn't work that way, which I'm a person whose brain does not work that way. Which is why he's terrifying to me. I don't know if Edison was a good person, but I know Edison was a very Jersey person. And also being slightly corrupt. Very Jersey. Vanquishing your fucking foes. Very Jersey. Being driven by a lifelong anger, proposing to your bride in Morse code, tapped out on her hand because you're going deaf, but you still go to work 22 hours a day. Chris just came around the bend. Hit the home stretch, brother. Come on. Come back to, New- come back to West Orange and Edison. Dude, when did I ever walk away? Oh, please. When did I ever walk away? I'm not going to go there because it's probably recorded somewhere. <laughs> what? You were like you were leaning anti-Edison Dude, for a while. I'm not saying I'm anti-Edison, but I'm realistic about the fact that he crushed a lot of fucking people in his that's fine conquest. I have no problem with that. At all. I don't know if he's a good guy, but uh, it doesn't I make think him a you bad were more guy. upset that he was like. I think you were more upset it was like paying people to like bring their like neighbors' dogs to the back. Oh well, that shit where he's murdering elephants and and kidnapping local animals to test them and try to crush Westinghouse is just maniacal and bizarre so instead of instead of doing it to uh people edison did it to circus animals and and stray pets i don't think anybody can argue nobody's gonna say edison was a fucking normal he was the eugenics of modern technology i don't know that he was a normal and likable human being but he got shit done and the whole world that we live in honestly i'm being honest when you can, when you consider, I agree. when you consider light, all film, and recorded sound, who's had more of an effect on on the world than maybe fucking Gutenberg? Really, who has? Nobody. And I don't know why we're not talking about it all the time. Let's all laugh. I don't know why we're not talking about it all the time. Did you ever hear that recording? Yeah, man. When you go there, you can hear it. Down at the, Everybody down on Main Street, baby. Come on, go watch some kinetoscopes. Mary- I, I'd still love that. I wonder if they had that new room open up where you go climb up a ladder and they have a different <laughs> dead person's head there. <laughs> Good callback. Good callback. Yes. Is that our Hall of Fame episode? Absolutely. That, like, I think that'd be a good addition there. Like, so we got Patty Smith. We got those Russian spies who lived in a Montclair suburb. We got Henry H. Goddard from the Vineland, the Vineland Training School. Edison has come up. I wonder if there's any other people that we want to put into play. Okay. Yeah, there's so there's okay. so many good bad ones I got a that couple are kind of good. Quick ones I can Mike D has some quick hits. Yeah, he's good like that. So I think and I love this person. I think he, he is an actual hero, Buzz Aldrin. 
Wow. And the reason wow. Buzz Aldrin is an amazing person. <laughs> wow. But the the reason that Buzz Aldrin, even though he's from Jersey, uh, I think he's from Montclair or Glen Ridge, is he has the nickname Buzz, but it's not from doing drugs or drinking too much, <laughs> which makes him not Jersey. <laughs> it's from his it's from his like haircut, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I like it. I like it. He'll knock you out though. And that, that clip of him knocking that guy out, that's very that's Jersey. very Jersey. That is the one other That'd than be- that, his his clean cut dedication to the space program in the US military, not not very Jersey there. But that him punching a guy who accused him of faking the moon landing. And I think at that point he's in his late sixties, early seventies. And oh, he just yeah. boogie hooks. That oh, guy. I think he was older I would than say that. later seventies. I think he like died. If a you haven't years seen this that. footage, you got to look it up. Some guy go, runs up to Buzz Aldrin in public and is like, Buzz, stop lying. You didn't go to the moon. It was fake. And before the guy can finish the sentence, old man, Buzz fucking puts him on his ass. <laughs> right hook. Boom. And that's, that's some Essex County stuff right there. Like, you don't even get to finish this sentence. I'm not even giving you a chance to take it back. You don't even finish the sentence. Wow, you just got buzzed. <laughs> you just got buzzed. That's a pretty good one right there. This was good. Like, there's a lot of good New Jerseyans from here. Did you know Peter Dinklage was from Jersey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. The Morristown area. Mendham. Yeah. Chris Christie isn't a good New Jerseyan. <laughs> And he was Chris a governor Christie here. the least Jersey Jersey. Uh, in some ways, he's the most Jersey, but he's the Jersey I don't like. He's the corruption. He's the terrible. Not even corruption. It's just disgusting. Yeah, Shutting down the bridge. Un- the bridge gate is unforgivable to anyone. Anyone in the country can understand why you don't shut down a major fucking but bridge. But just as a FU move, think in about Jersey, that. Jersey, though, holy shit, man. To fuck with one of the river crossings at rush hour... That's the least jer- that is so fucked up. You don't do that. It's the most jersey thing I'd argue. In in the vindictiveness and the pettiness and the most vindictive thing possible. If you anger New Jersey, New Jersey is going to come back and hit you where it hurts. That's why I think Chris Christie Chris Christie is very jersey. Yeah, and don't okay. fuck with the poor authority. Bad like, person ugh. but very jersey. Bad person but very jersey. Okay? Okay. I can't believe he's not dead yet. Okay? Anyone else? What about David Cassidy. Ooh. West Orange's own David Cassidy. Oh, he came. From the, from the Partridge family. Interesting yeah. choice. His grandmother lived on Elm Street. He came to high school and talked to us. It was terrible. My dad's piano teacher, David Cassidy's grandma. No way. He taught my dad piano, yeah. She taught my dad piano, rather. That's pretty cool. He, I've never seen him play in his life. It didn't stick. <laughs> David Cassidy. Now, yeah, he doesn't scream jersey. This is an interesting thing, Mike, because it also brings up the West Orange... Teen heartthrob trend. It's true. Ian Zeering. Ian Zeering. Oh, not very Jersey. Bad New Jersey. Scott Wolf. Not very Jersey. Michael Pitt. I don't know. Jersey. I don't know. Jersey. Some Jersey aspects. Some self-destructive tendencies there that are very Jersey. It's definitely Jersey. But a bunch of these teen oh, heartthrobs. A bunch of these West teen heartthrobs. Not so Jersey. I mean, definitely. Ian Zeering. I would say definitely. And again. No bigger 90210 fan in the world than me, as we all know. I didn't like him in that. Oh, he was great in that. 
Great. In 90210? Oh, uh, Steve? Yeah. He's a bad yeah, guy. Yeah. Steve Sanders? I don't know if he was a bad guy so much as he played by his own rules and liked to live on the edge. And he also had a lot of pain and pathos from exactly. his parents, parents being very disconnected. Lashing out from his, even though he was living very in deep. a gilded cage. He was lashing out because he had, even though he had money <laughs> and a really nice car, he had a difficult family life, which caused him to push to bully other people to make himself feel better ultimately he just wanted his father's attention because if he can't get his love at least he can get some attention that's the truth and and maybe mike as we say that i'm going that's actually very jersey in some that's ways super his character so is super jersey a cry for attention steve sanders is more jersey than ian's earring i agree with that yes right that was steve sanders was his character's name right yes yeah, steve sanders and i mean he also remember he did witness the accidental shooting death of his best friend oh of course season one right yeah season one was horrifying yeah but i think he and and as much as i love ian's earring he just screams la to me or some other place not jersey right so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and i think david cassidy falls into the same same bucket and you brought up scott wolf the same michael pitt it's hard for me to say because we all have personal interactions with um person yeah we we just you know, we're acquainted with, with him. So it's a little, he feels very Jersey. To me. It's just weird that so many people who follow that track are all from West Orange. I'm going to put a name out there and I want to be clear before I say it, before you two react, oh before boy. Jay, in, listen, before Jay insult posts an 8,000 word comment. <laughs> Is this to protect your, uh, I forgot. Like you guys are real people. What my reputation. Yeah, that was listen for once. I didn't get attacked. No, Thank yeah, you. Jay. You had your back hard. Before Jay Insult leaves an 8,000 word uh, explanation of this, I want to say, I am aware this person is Jersey, but it's a way that is Jersey that is different than any other way anyone else has thought of in Jersey in the history of the state. Glenn Danzig. Uh oh. He's the most Jersey person who is not traditionally Jersey. Yeah, but there's a lot of Jersey rockers. Yeah, but like there's that. no Jersey rockers like Danzig, like an arrogant, an arrogant goth douche. That's like every rocker, goth douche. I don't like know, New man. Jersey. There's a lot of things about Danzig that aren't Jersey at all, like his being demanding and unrealistic about himself and his station in life, and <laughs> like a complete narcissist. There's a lot of that that's un-Jersey. But don't get me wrong, I'm aware that Danzig is almost integral to Jersey in a way. But do you see what I'm saying here? Yes. He occupies his own lane in a big way that's hard to categorize. He might be the most iconic Jersey person that doesn't fit the check marks of of Jersey the way everyone else does. Mm. Like I see how I can see how Thomas Edison's Venn diagram crosses over with Bruce Springsteen's and Meryl Streep's. I could I see how those all cross over. Danzig, he's off in his own bubble. You know. Hmm. What would happen if you put Danzig like at the dinner party with Martha Stewart? Like, great question. And and Snoop Dogg and uh, wait, why why Snoop Dogg? Oh, that sorry. Wait, who else was at the dinner? I think like in that setting with a bunch of like regular Jersey people, I think you find he's like very relatable. I don't know, Mike. Do you thoughts? Any thoughts? I heard he's really he's really into lawn care. I think that's like the thing that should be like Glenn. Glenn, can you please get your devil lock out of the uh, gravy, the gravy bowl? <laughs> it makes people uncomfortable. He'd get to the dinner party and they'd be like, Glenn, grab a plate. And he'd be like, I already ate. 
I already ate. <laughs> already ate. I, I already, already ate. ate. Oh, that was maybe the worst joke I've made in the history of this <laughs> show. I, I get what you're saying, where I think, <clears throat> I think Danzig has a sense of self-seriousness that he takes himself and defends that very seriously, whereas most Jersey people can, can take a few shots of themselves without getting bent out of shape. Yes. Even, even people like he's still 16. He's still 16. And like, like keeping did it you real. ever, Howard Stern did it, that great interview with Bruce Springsteen not too long yeah. ago. Yeah. And yeah. at various points, Bruce is ripping on himself. He gets it right. And I think another person who, <laughs> not that he's not Jersey, but just for a comparison for this is like Bon jo- John Bon Jovi is not great at like, poking fun at himself and I think yeah. Glenn Danzig in a similar way like not you know not not great at laughing at himself I'm and not I think saying that's a Jersey I don't trait. in no world do I want to be misconstrued that I'm claiming Danzig is not Jersey he is I would say he's the way I might phrase it is he's the least Jersey person that Jersey fiercely claims as their own still in terms of his behavior other people could not pull it off, and in fact, it would disqualify them from Jersey love. He gets away with it. Now, Mike, you brought up Bon Jovi. He was someone that I thought of as far as the least Jersey Jersey person. He's oh, oh come he's on. He's the least. Disagree. He's the least beloved of our icons. I disagree. You don't. You don't. No way. No way. You don't think. Him versus what, Bruce. He does like a lot of awesome stuff. There's too, nothing man. He's like not really... New Jersey about John Bon Jovi. Yeah, but man. If you you ask most people, if you had to push one of the iconic Jersey people <laughs> off the top of the fucking Empire State Building, the off of the Madison Falls Bridge. You mean. Of the I need a Falls, third option. If you line up all the iconic Jerseyans, a lot of Jersey people are going to be like, "I could live without Bon Jovi." A lot of the Jersey people are going to say that right. over Danzig. I think, I think there's a lot Danzig of people over. who would kill Bon Jovi. That's this is maybe a second, I, a separate episode entirely. Who, yeah, which of totally. the iconic Jersey people <laughs> do you kill if you have to kill one? It would be like fuck, Mary, kill Jersey celebrities. That's terrible. So, I, I here's why I think John Bon Jovi is full stop, totally New Jersey. He has been. He, for many years, was the lone voice in the wilderness propping mm-hmm. up New Jersey, mm-hmm. right? You can't deny it. He's always, I, I will not besmirch the good name of John Bon Jovi. I'm not trying to, look, I'm not trying to besmirch. He does like some tremendous stuff too, like for social outreach and like being involved in the community, like really. There you go. But then when they name a rest stop after him, everybody gets mad. And a lot of the other icons, that doesn't happen. If they named that the fucking Bruce rest stop, people would not have been mad. I think Bruce should have got that one. He should have got that one. That should have been the one. You come over the Driscoll Bridge, you're in fucking Bruce country, motherfucker. Listen, and I want to be clear again, before people start claiming that I'm saying Bron Jovi is not Jersey, I'm just saying... I love Sayreville. He occupies a weird slot, and I think we all know it. If that was the Bruce rest stop, everybody's happy, and all the clickbait articles are positive. And with Bon Jovi, it had all this backlash because we have this weird Bon Jovi thing that we can, we all probably need to admit. Here's the problem: you have the Mammoth rest area, but I don't think they wanted to put like two musicians in a row. Hmm. Like so, they gave Judy Bloom some love. I heard Bruce turned it down. 
or Bruce turned it down. I think he was like, oh, I don't want to rest up. Yeah. I think he was like, people like it as Cheesequake, man. I like Mammoth. I'll stop at Mammoth over fucking Cheesequake any day. Fuck that place. He'd feel, uh, Bruce would feel obligated to. And they still have a shitty fucking Sunoco there. They still, that's the only fucking rest stop that still has a shitty fucking Sunoco. And no meter on their air. So you could, like, I've seen people just blow their fucking tires up there. Like, <laughs> you know, like the old school gas station hose, like, they just have it out there. I was like, yo, I was like, you should use this thing on your tire. I was like, no, I'm okay. So, poof. Like, I'm like, he's like, <laughs> like a fucking lunatic. And then 30 seconds later, Bruce came around the corner. He was like, oh, did you blow hey, out buddy. your tire? I've got this, uh, I've got this tire gauge here. Let me help you. I got this plug kit, but I think you're beyond that. Just get in my Jeep. I'll drive you home. Get on the back of my motorcycle. (laughs) Here, hold my tequila. And Danzig came around the corner and went, I'll fix your tire great. I'll fix your tire great. I'll fix your tire great. I don't think Danzig could fucking change a tire. I bet you he's like one of those fucking guys. This is what I'm saying, and yet you're the one jumping on me, and yet you think he can't change a tire. That's a different Dude, thing. Jersey requirements should no. You ever see like tough dudes that are like, oh yeah, they're really fucking manly, and then they gotta fucking change their tire, and they can't fucking figure saying, out. Isn't that most people where the you tire that even about is? That, you go, this is not a Jersey person, but Danzig, we all go, he's still our fucking guy. Although I don't believe he can change a tire. Nobody else gets that. Jersey girls can change fucking tires. Exactly, dude. They might not pump their own gas, but they could change a fucking tire. And they'll fuck you up if you if you hurt the people they love. Yeah, man. I I I I can get. I definitely the Glenn Danzig argument I could see because of how self serious he is. But Bon Jovi not gonna. Again, I'm not saying in any way that Bon Jovi isn't Jersey. He's part of the lifeblood of Jersey. I'm just saying, as far as our icons... I always make fun of him, so you don't... We clown on him the most, and we roll our eyes at him the most, as far as the true icons. Springsteen, Kevin Smith, him... These, And again, you're right. Kevin Smith certainly knows how to laugh at himself as well. So I mean, that's part. Even Meryl Streep knows how to make a joke at her own expense. Oh, dude, Jersey would. I love Meryl Streep. Jersey would kill for Meryl Streep. So in love with her. Jersey would murder for Meryl Streep. She's the classy side of things. Defending Your Life is my favorite movie. Like, and whatever, but I still love her. She's the best. Bernardsville. Bernardsville from Bernardsville, that secret area of the state that most people never go to. Watch that movie. It's really good. Defending oh, Your Life. Bernardsville. Anyway. Could talk forever. I can't wait to see people's comments on this. I'm gonna get nailed. Everyone's gonna be mad at me because I brought up Bon Jovi and Glenzig, Dan, Glenn Danzig. Even though I want, I will be clear. Go back and listen to what I actually said, and I don't think you could have a problem. I with am it. Danza dude. It's gonna be a lot of Edison debate. Anybody else we want to put out there for public discussion? I'll th- throw out one, which I don't think will generate much discussion. But oh, have it going. This has always struck me as the most unJersey thing, which is Donald Fagan who is the founder and keyboard player of Steely Dan, is from New Jersey. Ooh, weird. And to me, Steely Dan is the most L.A. band <laughs> of all time, right? You, you, they, they are the Wikipedia picture of L.A. band. But does he deny his Jersey roots? I don't think he does, but I they think... He went out there, the weather's nice. I, hey, Listen, I like L.A. L.A. is great. I'm going to be somewhere sunny one day, so I, can, I get this. There's I a name it. that didn't come up. Which I'm a little shocked by. I have I have one last one. What is it? Do you want to hear what it is? I do. Yeah, it might be the name I was about to bring up. And it's like 
they're a really bad person, but I think they're actually very New Jersey, but you don't want to like them. And it's very popular. Um, the Iceman. I thought about Kuklinski, Richard Kuklinski. Ah. Who, like, but he's so Jersey it that. It supersedes the fact that he's like a terrible sociopath. Because he's a family man, like blah, blah, blah. He also knows how to spin uh, a good yarn. <laughs> he spins a yarn like a yeah, Jersey. Exactly. Guy. Like, I would sit, that's the guy you sit down with. Like, if I was the guy going to interview him in jail, like, he'd, we'd probably sit there and talk for six hours if we could. Yeah. And we'd be like, you know, slapping each other. He reminds like, you know me what I mean? a lot of good people. We unless you were, with. unless you were marked for death, like, you know, he, there's something uh, very, uh, there's something fun with people who are like, you know, he is my father. Multiple personalities. You said this before. He talks and resembles my father. <laughs> well, he does the thing with his to lips. Eerie degree. What was in the needle? Whatever, whatever needed to be in the needle. Wasn't Heart there attack? some shit where your dad met him? Didn't your dad meet him too? No, like a man. He was like, like drank at one of the same bars as him or something. Oh, that's a different, <laughs> a, a, a different, different hitman. Uh, different hitman. Yes. His big thing was they like putting uh, bodies in like barrels and fifty-five gallon drums. <laughs> fifty-five gallon drums is zap. I also think you know the Iceman used to like to go into Manhattan to test his murder methods. Like he'd go shoot someone with a crossbow or spray. Uh, Spray gaseous fucking uh, what do you call it? What's the yeah, stuff? Like the bitter almond guns, cyanide. Like spray cyanide out of a fucking like rising oh. bottle at somebody, and the fact that he'd go into the city to do that instead of doing it closer to home with Jersey, I feel like that's pretty Jersey too to go murder some people in Manhattan. That's very Jersey. Yeah, don't shit where you. Iceman's up there. He was showing respect to the state. I think that number one is like a big dude, but like. I think he was probably ultimately like when he was in normal mode, fine to be around. But like, if you like probably crossed him the like wrong way at like, oh, yeah, you might just get Burger murdered King, for like fun. you might, <laughs> you might get off work later that night and you know what I mean? He'll just like run you over with somebody else's car. Now the ultimate, I mean, Mike D you said that being a public disavower of New Jersey is a big one. This is why you crushed Patty Smith before. The ultimate disavower of New Jersey, in many people's eyes, very conflicted feelings in this state towards Frank Sinatra, as has been discussed on this show before. In some ways, he's very Jersey. In other ways, he's a bum. In other ways, he's a bum, and the, and he rejected the state. But we kind of love that he did that, and we kind of, as a state, love reclaiming him almost against his will. But he pulled the Patty Smith thing in a real big way. Whatever, you know, whatever the terrible fucking trauma was. We all know who the good Sinatra is. That's Nancy. But he, when I think of Frank Sinatra, he's a Las Vegas Palm Springs guy to me. Yeah, he was a social climber. He was the guy that was always like, he had a, he had a you know, he was talented. It wasn't like proud. Everybody back then was fighting to get out of fucking Hoboken. Now they're fighting to get in. You know? Yeah. You can't even get in anymore. And now it's all like fucking families and shit. So it's not even two million dollars for a fucking studio apartment that floods every time oh it drizzles. God. Oh, it's gonna be gone, dude. They're building fucking flood walls all around there. It's not gonna do anything. They don't even have Maxwells anymore. What's the fucking point? It's true. No offense to people who still. I mean, they still have the forties. They still got the path train. There's things to like about Hoboken. Where, you, where do you see a show unless it's like in a small bar Dude, or something? Hoboken with no Maxwell's? That's like fucking Reese's with no peanut butter. What are we doing? What are we doing? 
Let's just give Hoboken to New York at that point. One of the last times I was probably there was, I think, uh, Glenn and X-Ray did like a, a show at Maxwell's. And uh, X-Ray Burns was running around. He had a kilt on and he had like, there was the original like pork roll over his nipples. And we were standing outside like Maxwell's drinking beer and like, he would, like we were smoking a cigarette and <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at this. I, like, I love Dex Rayburn. Sorry. He's the best. Rest in peace. But we saw great shows here, man. It was good times. Iggy Pop sweat on me there. The last show I saw there was Screaming Females. That's a pretty Jersey experience right there. Oh, my That's gosh. Jersey experience right there. Anyway, I'm, I'm very much looking uh-huh. forward to the comments on this one. Please react to things I actually said and not what you want to hear. Jay Insult, before you write your next fucking doctoral thesis about my opinions on Danzig, really listen to what I said. Anyway. Let it be known, I am not a music snob. I can barely remember anybody's name anymore. I think you did great in that episode, and I was too hard on you. I was too hard on you, it turns out. Chris, I love getting you agitated, if anybody hasn't noticed that. (laughs) And I know you're just trying to summon Bad Bonaduce. Sometimes, yeah, it is. Sometimes I poke the beast and then get very mad when the beast actually rears its ugly head. I can come back. I'm being more nonchalant. Oh. Mean Bonaduce. Chilladuce. Yes. I'm just here to... Dan- Danzaduce. Danzaduce. I'm just here to defend Ian's earring. Yeah, I mean, the debate over how Scott Standers, as the character, is somehow very Jersey. Ian's earring, the New Jersey native, not that Jersey. That's, I mean, that is an American Studies major... Write a paper on it right there. Anyway, thank you everybody for listening. We want to know who do you think is the least Jersey Jersey person of all time? I still think for all our debate, I don't know if anybody tops Kyrie Irving after all of it. Kyrie Irving. Oh man. Still, <laughs> man, just not Jersey behavior right there. And uh, I will actively judge it. Anyway, thanks so much everybody. Sign up at the Patreon, buy a t-shirt, all that nonsense. You're the best. Thanks for supporting the show. Come and take me out for a beer. Stories. Thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the World is Chris Gethard, Nikki Bonaduce, Don Finelli, Andrea Quinn, Carson Cop, and Mike D. New Jersey is the World is produced and edited by Carson Cop, Mike D, and Andrea Quinn. You can find us online at New Jersey is the World and on Instagram at New Jersey is the World. Also, please feel free to reach out and leave us a voicemail by contacting the home office of New Jersey is the World at 973-780-4660 in regards to anything show or New Jersey related. Please subscribe and listen to more episodes of New Jersey is the World on your favorite podcast service. If you're looking to join our extremely opinionated and Jersey-ish community, head on over to Patreon.com and search for New Jersey is the World. We have merch, which you can find at BelowTheCollar.com after searching for Chris Gethard. Once again, thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the World, where New Jersey is the world.